Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow This is John Fisher, host of The Catch on Blog Talk Radio. It's another Tuesday night at 6 o'clock, and we are very excited to be back on board. Uh, we apologize for missing a, a couple of uh, couple of weeks there, uh, including uh, Chandler's birthday. Last week, we had a grand time. Um, but uh, none of you are involved in that. Uh, today, we're back on track. We've got a wonderful guest um, tonight I'll tell you about in just a minute. Um, we're starting to line up guests down the road. It looks like our my good friend Leighton Ford is going to be able to be with us next week. Uh, we've been trying to get it. He's had to cancel a couple times at the last minute, but uh, Leighton should be on, uh, looks like, next week for sure. We'll be uh, excited to have him. Leighton is uh, Billy Graham's uh, brother-in-law and has been an evangelist himself for many years and very much involved in the Luzon um, Conference on World Evangelism. He's got his fingers on the pulse of of the church around the world. And um, Leighton is just a wonderful, smart, articulate Christian man and uh, got a great heart. We're, you're going to love having him. Uh, but tonight, tonight we're going to be politics. And uh, a great subject when it comes to uh, Christians, because I think there's been an awful lot of uh, confusion that's gone on and, and uh, perhaps mistakes made over the last number of years as Christians have gotten more and more involved in politics. Um, kind of hard to decide where we are right now, but it looks like uh, in some ways we're moving moving back a little bit from that involvement. I don't know. We'll have to see how this next election goes. But, um, you know, it's been an incredible time to watch Christians grow in power, political power, media power, and and yet it's, uh, it's confusing sometimes because uh, a lot of times we assume that means spiritual power or it means kingdom of God power, and I'm not so sure it does. So uh, what, what we're going to have tonight is a, a discussion with, with a man who has a history of being in public relations. He's got his own firm from the capital of California, Sacramento, and he's handled uh, – the campaigns of numerous people, uh, gubernatorial campaigns in California, some uh, names I'm sure you recognize if I go down the list, but uh, right now just to know he's obviously got his fingers on the pulse of, of the political scene. And uh, not only that, but uh, I'm proud to announce he is also one of our board members on the Catch Ministry Incorporated so we are honored and pleased to have Robert 
Stutzman with us as a guest today. Robert, are you there? I'm here, John. It's great to be with you. <laughs> very good, very good. Thanks for uh, taking some time out of your, your busy schedule. I know, uh, is it starting to heat up um, <laughs> right now? It's, it, it is. There's uh, In the business of, of politics, we're just about getting into the, the heat of it. If I, if I look at or write one more poll... Uh, I might start to go cross-eyed, but I've got uh, I've got I've got about twelve, ten, yeah, eleven more weeks of this, and then uh, then the big wow. uh, sigh of relief. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's got to be something. Well, I now down here we're, we're in the heat of it in in another way uh, in terms of the weather. Are, are you guys getting hot weather up there the way we are? Well, it, it has been hot in Sacramento as well. Some would say since the capital's here that contributes to the hot air, but I I know that you I know that you beach dwellers are uncomfortable this week. Or my heart my heart we really are. bleeds for you, John. <laughs> we are. I I think I can count on one hand the number of days I had my fan on last summer and uh this summer i've lost it it's just uh, it's just kind of a continual deal uh so it's funny it's the way it, it goes in cycles i guess well rob tell me a little bit about how you got in into this uh i know for a fact that um you went to a christian college and uh i i don't know maybe that's i, I think the scene has changed now but a number of years ago probably when you were in college it wasn't a natural step to go from a Christian college to public relations. <laughs> Am I right about that? Well, that's that's probably right. I was uh, I did go to Point Loma Nazarene uh, College, now Point Loma Nazarene University right. in in San Diego. So I was a beach dweller myself for those college yeah college years. Yeah, and I went to college with a, a political bug. I was a little bit of that uh, Alex Keaton character in Family Ties. Uh, I didn't have a lunch. I didn't have a lunch or a Nixon uh, lunchbox, but I had a probably had a Reagan lunchbox in my era, of the '80s. So I always, I was just a kid with a political bug. Um, loved my education at Point Loma. Um, I was a philosophy major, which I thought prepared me uh, well for 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 this life. I'm very grateful for all that experience. But I certainly came into you know as a as a you know, impressionable person, child of the 80s, I came into politics very much with a, a fervor that was fueled by by faith. Um, I have I have some different perspective looking back on that, as people mm-hmm. should have as they as they grow older and experience. Right. Uh, but there was no question. Um, I think as most people, no matter what their ideology, as young people go into politics, it's for it's for very uh, passionate reasons and. Um, yeah, I guess the only thing about going to a Christian college like, like Point Loma, where everyone was more or less fairly conservative, I never had the the experience of having having to fight the uh, the leftist radicals on campus because mm-hmm. we couldn't find any. <laughs> well, you, um, now you got into P, uh, public relations. Was that uh, a part of your plan, or, or uh, when you when you say you had the political bug, were you? Were you at one time wanting to be in politics, like to be a politician yourself? Oh, I think as a younger person, yes, most definitely. You always mm-hmm. envision yourself as standing in the well of the House of Representatives. Uh, and the, actually, from a business perspective, I just have got, I, I got into the business and discovered it. It was it was almost more fun to to, to do what I do rather than be the actual elected person. 
but I was passionate <laughs> about politics, and that's what I did right out of right out of college. Um, I worked for a nonprofit organization, a policy center mm-hmm. that was affiliated at that time with with focus on the family. So, what we what we then called pro family type of, mm-hmm. of, of policy, and I did that here in Sacramento. Um, I had the good fortune of interning for a governor, uh, Governor Duke Majin, who was governor during the the 1980s. Oh, yeah. And it kind of just led to one thing after another. I, I ended up working for a congressman. Uh, then I gravitated towards the campaign and press communications side of of this business. And as my career progressed, I ended up just the, the fast forward. Um, ended up being part of the, the the infamous recall campaign in California that elected Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. as his communications director, and served mm. with him in the governor's office for. For two years, front row seat to a lot of history here. Um, wow! And na- in California and nationally, so it's been a fascinating ride, and I feel very fortunate, blessed to to do what I enjoy, and um, that, that includes now being in Sacramento with um, public relations, public affairs, lots of corporate clients, mm-hmm. but also still do campaigns, as you mentioned in, in mm-hmm. the intro. So, still very much in, involved with trying to elect, okay, and uh, or not elect uh, certain people. Mm-hmm. So it's not uh, it's not all your firm is not all uh, politics. No, not all not all politics, okay. but usually just but certainly related to issues in the public square. Yes, I see, I see. Well, um, you know we've been we've been discussing uh, on and off that uh, that public square. Um, I'm. I'm Pleased to hear you use that term. You know, we had Oz uh, Guinness on some time ago, and mm-hmm. and he had a lot to say about what's going on in the public square, and I, that I thought was very, very thought provoking for a lot of Christians. Um, you know, I, I I'm thinking about right now the whole scene. We've got, you know, when when I when I think back on when I was like in college, high school, college. Um, uh, Republicans and Democrats have always been at, at, at war with each other, but I can remember when when it was mostly a friendly fight. You know, uh, politicians would argue over bills in in Congress, and then they go out to dinners together. And uh, there was lots of respect across the aisle, and uh, especially senior members of Congress who always seemed to to be most uh, congenial, as if old age and experience smoothed out some of the bumps. But now it seems to be different. It, it just seems we see nothing but but uh, a kind of a glaring contention going on, uh, especially during elections. Things can get so ugly. Uh, hostility, bitterness are very near the surface. It, am I right about this? Uh, when and when did you start to 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 notice this kind of polarity in politics? And do you have any idea? What we can attribute it to? I know it's a big question, but let's you know start in wherever you feel like it. Well, I mean, I think there's a, I think there's a variety of reasons for the the vitriol or, or lack of civility, and you know there's nothing wrong with sharp public um, discourse. There's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. sharp uh, debate, but somewhere along the line, our politics became much more personal. And you're right, you know, D, D, Washington D.C., where I do a great deal of work, it's kind of my second home. Uh, mm-hmm. It is it is it's rather unusual to find Democrat and Republicans consorting with one another uh, socially. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. Sacramento, I have to say, I, I think the good. I, I feel very fortunate in that I don't, that type of vitriol doesn't necessarily infect us here the same way it does in Washington. But you mm. know, as most as with most things, John, I'm, I'm afraid it was largely about money. And I think mm. what people found, uh, especially with the rise of of talk radio, and now has moved on into what can be done over the internet, and uh, the the specific narrow casting that takes place and how we consume media, like on cable TV now, is that mm-hmm. there you you know people found that they pandered to that type of politics of, of vitriol that uh, whether it was you know good oh. direct mail or high ratings. Um, that it was the marketplace actually facilitated it. So in some ways, you can, you know, the the public still enabled politics to, to go this direction. I think, um, mm. but we started to become a more complex media um, culture that allowed it to to manifest. And it's you know from a, a Christian right perspective, if you will, the rise of that is pretty well documented in the 80s with. Moral mm-hmm. majority, and what, what fueled that was uh, successful direct mail fundraising. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, un- unfortunately, and it's particularly in politics, this is often the way you market a lot of things: is you appeal to people's fear, or you appeal to people's anger. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. in a fallen world, that becomes a prime prime motivator, and uh, it works, yeah. even for causes that we may regard as supposedly for for good. So, and this look, the same thing happens and manifests on the left uh, as well. And so, I, I think that's why we're. I think where this vitriol, this lack of civility, has come from is that, frankly, it was wow. in a lot of people's interests because uh, they were profiting wow. from it. Okay. And ultimately, so, it affected who we elected to, to places like Congress, and it affects the way they all get along or don't get along with each other. Wow, wow. So, we've gravitated uh, to these uh, hot and button issues because. There, that's the thing that lights people up. That that's what gets them, uh, uh, whatever gets them upset, or those kinds of things. That's going to get get them out to the polls, get them active. Is that and giving money, that right? And giving and giving and giving money, giving money. Mm-hmm. And, or yeah. or drawing their eyeballs, whether it's uh, TV or their ears, if it's radio. Um, wow. Look, I'll use. I mean, Rush Limbaugh uses an example, and I. Rush Limbaugh actually started in Sacramento, where I was growing up, before he was a national on national radio. I was you know, a huge Rush Limbaugh fan, but you know, it, it, it is what, what he does ultimately at the end of the day is often predicated on on this type of, of vitriol mm-hmm. and a lack of a lack of civility. So I don't want to single him out, but I think he's a good representation that most people would understand what I'm trying to say of where. Right. Where the whole public debate has gone, driven by media, driven by media like that. Well, you could almost, in a way, you could put it back in our laps, in in the people. I mean, in a way. Oh, at, at the end of the day, I think that's absolutely right. Um, people I mean, that, take that's what we end up re- responding yeah. to. Huh? Exactly, exactly. We, you know, I mean, <laughs> what are as 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 Christians, what are we to be fearful of? You know, we're instructed not to have fear. You look at how we've manifested yeah. our involvement in politics, and it's it's very much mm. fear-based and inward-looking. Um, to cite what Oz Guinness was talking about on that great mm-hmm. interview you had with him, is that we mm-hmm. we have spent the last 30 years so concerned about protecting our own rights instead of fighting for the rights of others, and that is definitely mm-hmm. why we are where we're at as people of faith in the public square.
Wow. Wow. Uh, is there anything we can do about this, Rob? Uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, on a, on a, on the, on the big square in the public square, you know, we probably can't have a big effect, but, but we must be able to have effect somewhere. What do you, what do you think we can do to try and, um, make this environment more healthy and and uh more respectful and civil. Is well, there, I think there's a lot I think there's a lot we can do. And it it's really a lot of it is within the power of of those that are in the pews on on Sunday. Um mm. I can point to the, the leadership of what people are hearing in the pews and the example or the examples that are being set mm-hmm. would help if it was possibly different, but we we really need I would say it's it's a the focus ourselves outwardly again as oz was challenging us to do mm-hmm. faith with our politics so what do we need to be doing that's of interest to of other people rather than ourselves and wow. you know is there is there are there certain agendas that we must fear and organize to stop um you know what what is the real consequence of making sure um certain words can be uttered uh, in prayers at schools or uh, in commencement speeches. Those are all very important fundamental issues. But if that's all we're doing is fighting for our own rights, then we're not doing uh, enough of probably what we're instructed to do if we, if we, uh, if we look at the instruction of, of the Gospels and the example of Christ's life. Uh, we need to be intellectually honest. We need to more mm-hmm. carefully vet our sources of information. We need to be careful not to perpetuate mm information that may not be accurate or frankly ask ourselves how is this um how is this wholesome of of the body of our society to promote certain types of information on social networks or what we talk to our mm-hmm. our friends about and if you're going to be uh, a critic of the president or a particular politician um you should also be spending just as much time praying for that person um mm-hmm. and considering them with mm-hmm. a loving heart Equal parts, I would say. And, and that, I think, will start to condition people's minds and attitudes and, frankly, give people a little bit more independence and, and free thinking. Um, I tell you, pe- people of faith are largely herded uh, when it comes yeah. to politics, and there's not enough of their own individual free thinking that goes on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I Sad to say, Rob, I don't think that's only politics. I think it's... You know, in many, many other areas, too. Uh, as Christians, we have a tendency to let other people do our thinking. Right down to I, the past. I, I, I agree. You know? Yes. Yeah. And, like, you know, I think I know one of my questions, well, I know your answer to this, is, is should churches tell people how to vote? <laughs> no. well, well, most certainly not. Uh, I would would hope that that someone sitting in a a pew actually wouldn't want their church to tell them that and would find it offensive if they tried to. Um, But I think think churches can facilitate rich discussion. I mean, there's no reason churches shouldn't be facilitating civility. Um, In fact, some of the – look, you know, Rick Warren at Saddleback facilitated Mm -hmm. presidential discussions, debates, if you want to call them that. Mm-hmm. Um, that I thought mm-hmm. was wonderful because it was an example of an evangelical Christian leader um, facilitating civility in politics. 
And it has That's been right. a long time, I think, since a, a, an evangelical mm-hmm. leader was seen in that light in the political scene. That's right. He brought Obama in there, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, the he heart of Orange it. County. Both, <laughs> both, of, both of the candidates he brought in. Yeah. I thought it said, I yeah, thought it said a, a, an excellent example. It really did. I, I've often thought, you know, it would be so great if a church would get a hold of maybe – you know, not a part of church necessary, but maybe a part of a special Wednesday night um, gathering where maybe we can get two or three of our church members who are Republicans and two or three who are Democrats on a panel. And let's just talk about uh, all the issues and the candidates and and uh, listen to both sides and get educated uh, and Perhaps then we would be able to even vote better. What do you think? What do you think about that? I think that I, I think it would help us vote better. I think we need to have, you know, part of what our our system is predicated on is at least listening uh, and considering, and uh, instead of reacting all the time, you know, un, uh, consider it cross cultural ministry. If you're a Republican <laughs> and need to understand mm-hmm. what a Democrat is thinking, and the same to someone on the religious left. Just calm down and listen to a conservative, and and be respectful and try to understand and gain and gain perspective. I mean, in this country, I've I have done um, hmm. I, I've worked internationally in politics, John. And let me tell you, the issues that we debate so vociferously here are mm-hmm. not the issues, the big issues that are being decided in a lot of countries around the world when it comes to their elections, which are over much over much larger ideas. Um, hmm. Communism versus democracy, for instance. Uh, you know, we, there's much that we agree on here, and and sometimes it's good just to come together and focus on those things and celebrate the fact hmm. uh, that we have a the best and most functioning constitution that the world has ever seen. Wow. Uh, yes. And so why exactly? And and we need to be championing 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 <laughs> that freedom. Um, and, and that 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 the church should be uh, one of the places where uh, the debate is wide open, and uh, wouldn't that be a wonderful example? To set? Well, it's, and it's, it's also it, why shouldn't grace extend to political discussion? Um, why yeah. shouldn't someone feel comfortable to be able to speak amongst their their church family um, freely about politics and have a discussion, knowing there would be without judgment? Um, you know, it's it's you know, what we're largely conditioned to do in the church is to accept without judgment um, um, the sinner until they talk about politics, <laughs> and then there's lots of judgment if we don't agree with them. Uh, so just the, the concept of, of of grace needs to be extended in this whole area as well. You know, um, getting back to your uh, your position as in in public relations for certain campaigns. Um, I, I I imagine you've probably had to have been in some rather dicey situations uh, where, you know, the people around you have wanted you to start, you know, slinging mud and looking, you know, going after the opponent. And have you ever have you ever had you know situations where you just you, you had just to make a decision based on on, on ethical, what was ethically right or wrong? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And it's, it's, sometimes this might be hard for people to understand about our our businesses. 
is that it, it actually isn't difficult because um, either truth is truth, or it's you know, or, or a lie is a lie. And hmm. um, I've never lied about anybody, and I've never hmm. perpetuated a lie about anybody. Um, we do campaign um, with a, we instead of uh, slinging mud, John. We like to call that exploiting mm-hmm. somebody's negatives. But look, politics is a full contact sport, and uh, people Mm. that (laughs) venture onto into the arena um, Mm -hmm. know know that it. You know, those are the those are the rules. Um, And uh, you know, there there are paths to winning, and sometimes it includes um, uh, exploiting somebody's negatives. But if it's a fact, it's a fact, and if it's relevant to the voters, it's up for the voters to decide. So. Oh, make no mistake, it's a it's a pugilist type of business, um, and um, I've delivered hard blows, and I've worked for candidates that have had hard blows delivered upon them. But it, the ethical lines really are, are are actually not that difficult to find. It's you just you you shall not lie about somebody, and I've I've really never been asked to do that. Um, we just hmm. when you deal in fat now, you can color facts in a lot of different ways. Um, but that's mm-hmm. often what campaigns ultimately, you know, are, are decided upon is who can present facts or truth in a, in a certain in a certain way that resonates the best with the voters. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think? How much do you think the 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 whole you you mentioned the fear aspect uh, as a as a prime motivator and fundraiser? Um, uh, how much do you think that the, the Christians getting involved in politics uh, contributed to this this whole thing? The, the uh, negative aspects of it. It's uh, I think somewhat unwit. I think somewhat somewhat unwittingly. Okay. Uh, I do I do believe uh, the rise of the Christian right um, preyed upon people's. Um, fears, and mm-hmm. and somehow and tried to get people to give people this notion that uh, things that are sacred uh, or right or based in natural law uh, should be preserved and can be preserved through through law or perpetuated mm-hmm. through through law. Well, you know, that's a some things maybe, but it's it's a it's a bit of a debatable question, and. Uh, I think the I think the left reacted uh to that. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly in the 90s when uh, the vitriol on on Bill Clinton from the right I think really became amplified mm-hmm. in a way we'd never seen before in American politics. Uh and it was easy to do. You know, there was evidence this guy's mm-hmm. a womanizer. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh you know, he's a bit of an easy target for for the religious for the religious <laughs> right. Uh social issues were uh, and so, you know, let's go. Let's not forget. I mean, it's not as if it, a lot of this existed before Roe. I mean, there was a huge step to the left and, mm-hmm. by the by the courts um, through Roe, which to me has more to do than just, to do with just abortion, um, but had to do with um, pushing a, an entire agenda. And then there was a there was a backlash to it, and it came after Watergate, and it was in the 80s, and it it was mm-hmm. during it was during Reagan, you know, Reagan's America, uh, because. Evangelicals were an important part of his of his of his uh, coalition uh, to get yeah. elected. 
So I, yeah, we we do have something something to do with it. I don't want to make it too much about bashing all that. And again, I I say mm-hmm. somewhat unwittingly. I think with the you know like we said at the at the outset, there was somewhat of a response to a receptive marketplace that yeah. I, I Falwell and others stumbled into. You know, I think I, I think, uh, and I'd love to have your comment on on this. I think a lot of the confusion. And 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 even the the negative uh, aspects of Christians' involvement in politics, to a large extent, is a is a is a naive assumption that uh, the world uh, you know, changes in the world's kingdom uh, also produces changes in God's kingdom. And uh, you know, I I I, I just don't, I, I don't think. All Christians have a clear understanding of of those two kingdoms and how they work. Um, I, in his book, Myth of a Christian Nation, uh, Gregory Board, Boyd um, argues that he has a really interesting argument that legislative power and, and, the, and the kingdom of God operate on two completely different levels. One, one he calls a power over people as it seeks, you know, to mass public opinion and gain votes and change structures of government, that kind of thing. But then he mentions that the kingdom of God works on a power under people based on serving, lifting up. And, um, and, and I think, therefore, if that's true, then things that we think uh, have gained, we've gained, as Christians, we've gained power in government maybe maybe we've le- uh legislated a few things that seem more christian to us so and and yet what all we've done is change something in in a, in a power over structure and not the power under that the kingdom of god is built on um you understand what i'm trying to say here i think it's all very well stated absolutely agree with with the premise i i mean, look our I mean, I alluded to our Constitution as the, mm-hmm. the best, most functioning one the world has ever seen. It's a system of government to, to govern what? Fallen men. I mean, the best system mm. of government would be a benevolent dictator named Christ. Well, that's not available because <laughs> we <laughs> fell. So it is still an institution of man. And, you know, our system works so well because it's designed to slow down uh, zeal, if you will, and force compromise which is really kind of there's the rub it's antithetical to what a a lot of people with rigid ideology want to do is compromise but our very system is designed for compromise for check and balance and what it means is is that very few people come away completely politically satisfied you know no one really gets exactly what they want in the big scheme because that's what the system's designed to do and it's the point Hmm. That's why it works, ironically. So hmm. it is It is absolutely – I mean, if people could see it up close, um, look, Washington, D.C. and the monument, it's still a breathtaking, beautiful thing. It is the most important beacon for freedom um, that man has instituted uh, in modern mm-hmm. time. Uh, I believe all of that. Um, but, boy, I mean, I see behind the curtain as well, and it's, 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 it's a bunch of people, and people are flawed. Um, yeah. So understand it's a deeply flawed uh, system, but it's the best one we can have. But, boy, we should never mistake that somehow it can be used uh, 
um, to institute the, the the kingdom of God. That is a that is of spiritual means, and that is uh, that is of ministerial means, and that is of a the charge mm-hmm. of the Great Commission, and all very different than any system of government. Hmm. Hmm. Boy, I wonder how we could uh, help help uh, people to understand that. Well, I think it's. Uh, I think we have to. I think we have to say it. I, I think we. Sh- mm-hmm. you, if you want to point to examples of the the best thing that can be done to to advance the kingdom of God from government. Well, with the U.S., it's still our largesse and what we can do with wealth and what we can do to protect human rights. Uh, I think of what was done the last decade mm-hmm. um, out of the wealth of this nation, and President Bush led this effort. Uh, to eradicate AIDS on the continent of Africa. Uh, that might be, if you, I would argue that probably is the most Christian thing this Christian nation uh, has done over the last several decades. Yeah. Um, yeah. After, the, liber- after the liberation of, of Europe from fascism. And, yeah. but, we don't, but the Christian right doesn't really think of it that way. Uh, at, least, at least it doesn't come first to mind. Um, but there, that, that fulfilled Oz Guinness's challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing for others? What are we doing to protect others? What are we doing to secure the rights of others, not just ourselves? Yeah. Wow. That's that's fantastic. Um, so I, uh, what if you could say, you know, what what would you want to say to to Christians? I, you know, here here at the catch, we we represent. Uh, pretty excited about our, our our new vision, which is to to introduce the gospel of welcome to everyone everywhere, and that's our that's our vision. We figure, you know, a vision needs to be big enough that you never reach, and um, so we'll be after that for a long time, and uh, and yet the gospel of welcome is is um, open arms. It's it's uh, it's like you said, standing in other people's shoes. It's it's welcoming people from all different uh, walks of life and, and, and different persuasions. Um, and because that's what God does. Uh, he, he opened his arms on the cross to everyone. Um, how, how do we, how do we advance that gospel and still, you know, remain uh, active in, in our own country in in politics because it's it's a democracy and we all have responsibilities well i think we need to under, i think we need to um make the effort to understand people that may aggravate us and mm-hmm. to do so lovingly and i think you can find okay. that you can do that uh, without completely disarming what you may already believe and understand now what you also might gain a perspective on is is, is maybe how some of those beliefs and understandings might to be adapt, might need to be adapted, um, mm-hmm. or not. But we have to we got to have the benefit of of dialogue. We have to have the benefit of being intellectually curious, um, and mm. uh, and striving to be civil. Just making the commitment not to participate in something um, that is going to denigrate someone. I tell you, a great. Think of it this way. Um, I had the opportunity to have my children in London about four years ago, and it was the same time that President Obama was there. Well, you, mm-hmm. everyone, everyone may have gotten the gist by now, John, but President Obama is not from my political party. <laughs> 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 I politically 
politically oppose him quite a bit and um, and say so on a regular basis. But it was very interesting to be there and teach my children that when you are in a foreign country uh, and mm-hmm. you do not speak ill uh, of your president, he is the mm-hmm. president for all of us. And there just needs to be a time at times, people, you know, especially people of faith, step back and consider that context of yeah. how do I be, so what am I doing? I can complain about this person all I want, and I may think, this person's a terrible congressman or a terrible president or a terrible senator, but what am I doing to support them um, uh, as people? Well, I go back to, I go back to, uh, to prayer. Um, if you have the opportunity to be in contact with people, I'd go back to being gracious to them and relational. That means you don't go to a town hall and scream at somebody. You pose your question to them with the respect that they are due. Um, one of the things I've learned in, early in this business was not to ever let it be personal. People who I have I have bashed with political rhetoric uh, in the media. I privately still give them the honor and respect that's afforded to them, given given offices that that they may hold. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. it's it's a kingdom thinking gospel of welcome application mm-hmm. of how to engage um, public square. So if you're doing it, if you're exercising the gospel of welcome in one part of your life, please make sure it's extending. Mm-hmm. Um, into this realm of not just politics, but the public square or any types of issues and any types of debate, even those people that may want to may do you harm or may be antithetical to these the core things that you believe in. Um, you know, the only thing <laughs> these are still the mm-hmm. people that Jesus would sit around and have dinner with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, view them yeah. as the tax collectors, and it, we need we need more people proselytizing this, and we need more people acting this way and so as not to give in and drive a marketplace that's based on division and the vitriol and much of what we see when we turn on cable TV at night. Yeah. And that, you know, I'm thinking of the, the verse we had in the catch today, Rob, is, uh, um, you know, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you, uh, uh, that would be falsy. Those, those aren't true things. Um, because of me, rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's saying go out there and fight for yourself or defend yourself, does it? You know? it, it, it says rejoice that, that you're being singled out because uh, they did that to the prophet. That, 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 that's right, and that's not the and that's not to mean martyr yourself either, right? No. Um, but to understand that that's to understand that as the context. Um, that's not about us. We certainly aren't there to fight for ourselves. We may need to fight for others, those that are less fortunate, um, yeah. those that are defenseless, those that need to be protected. Um, but on human rights issues. Um, but that's exactly right. How can we adapt? How can we approach this in a selfless manner? Here, here's the other thing I would challenge people, John: is seek this out. Go go find a go find a friend. Um, if you think there's a gay agenda that threatens Western civilization, um, go make sure go have a gay friend and spend some time with somebody. Um, understand their, their context that, that feeds their life and their politics. Or go stand in the chapel in San Francisco at Grace Cathedral that is the chapel to the AIDS victims where you can just stand there and not help but feel the absolute grief and burden 
um, of 30 years ago of, of a community that was watching each other die and, mm-hmm. and came to this cathedral to cry out for, for, for mm-hmm. God, um, mm-hmm. peace. You know, what do we do to put ourselves, cast ourselves into the situation of others to at least have a glimpse in their world perspective? It doesn't mean that's what we adopt, but how can we not but be better people and better equipped to engage in all this if at least we have an understanding that goes to the core of who they are as people and their humanity rather than the rhetoric that we just hear bandied about or something we may see on a 140-character tweet? Wow. Rob, that's fantastic. That that is really fantastic, and uh, I think that's actually a really good spot to end our our discussion here because I I love the way you we put that, and I think it's a challenge to all of us, and and the other thing I noticed uh, all the way through Rob how many times you you use the word others, um, it just seemed to permeate everything you were talking about, and. Uh, uh, that I wasn't ready for that at all. That totally surprised me, and uh, I got to learn. I got to work on that one. You know, well, our, our, you know, our political system <laughs> is designed for us to act out of self-interest, and I'd argue the yep. system works best when we do to a de- to a degree. But people of faith, there's a challenge, mm-hmm. as as I think Guinness would challenge us. Approach yep. this um, with others in mind, somewhat selflessly, and see. If it impacts your thinking on candidates and issues, mm-hmm. yeah, it's fantastic. Well, Rob, can't thank you enough. What's well, what's John, ahead this for was, you now? This uh, <laughs> it was absolutely my. Pre- this is a great respite from from going back to campaign work to spend this time, <laughs> to spend this time with you. So. It's a blessing to, to me to be able to, to, to visit with you and okay. and uh, head, head down now as we head to November fourth. And I got to, you know, I hope everyone listening is registered is going to register and is going to vote. Um, yeah, please do participate. There you go. Fantastic. Yeah, let's do that. And uh, uh, there's there's a lot more we could talk about, but uh, maybe that will be another time. Sounds and, good. Uh, just, thank you, Rob. Thanks for what you mean to the catch, and all of us uh, appreciate the time. Thank you for your ministry, John. It's wonderful. All right. You bet. Uh, uh, bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for being a part of Blog Talk Radio. I hope you learned a lot tonight. I'm going to listen to this one over again because there was some really good stuff here that went by a little bit too fast. But I just want to remind you that whole idea of listening, understanding, putting yourself in the shoes of people who are different than you, and at least, if anything, just to, to connect and uh, be open because the gospel of welcome is for everyone. There, and we, that means you and I need to be open and understanding of everyone as well. And uh, that's what makes this whole thing work. So um, God bless you, everybody.